Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am your host, Mike Maroney, alongside fellow host Jay Woodson, McLean Boyd. And we're missing Tom again. I don't know if we've pissed him off or he's just sick of us. And he's like, man, I'm talking to these guys too much. <laughs> but Tom's not here. I know McLean's giving me faces because he just wanted to pretend like Tom was still here. <laughs> but Tom is not here. Our listeners are smart. McLean, they would have figured that out really fast. <laughs> I mean, we've gone into time for some strange without him already. Exactly. <laughs> we don't need that. We're all, we're all pretty strange as is. So... <laughs> Uh, we are without Tom, so um, busy schedules, you know, it happens. So hopefully he can uh, join us next week, but we're going to do it a, a three-man weave here uh, as we did last week. And um, you guys are just going to have to take it and like it. So I know some of you like Tom more than me. I know some of my listeners that I know do. So <laughs> some of your co-hosts as well. Well, uh, most people, I think <laughs> most people in general for a lot of things we can, <laughs> we can say that, but uh, hopefully everyone had a great weekend, enjoyed Father's Day yesterday, had a good day, and was able to sit on the couch and watch some U.S. Open golf. It was quite a show. So first off, I do want to give an apology to our listeners that tried to get into our DraftKings contest. We were just discussing that. Um, let's just say this is my first soiree into trying to organize a large DraftKings contest. I've been playing them for years, but um, anyways, I set it up somewhat kind of wrong i thought they would resize it if we didn't fill it and they just canceled the whole fucking thing so i apologize to our listeners yet again i mess up with something so you know it's all your fault it's all your fault it's all my fault but DraftKings sucks i'm gonna look to take our uh take our business elsewhere maybe fan duel and but anyways they did just cancel the entire contest because we didn't fill it i didn't know i set it for 50 people not knowing how many would get in and we didn't get 50. So they canceled it, which is just mind boggling that they would not take our money anyways. I, I don't get it. Seems silly. It seems really silly that they just can't have a contest for whatever and just redo the payout. It's not that hard. It's all computerized. <laughs> so uh, we do apologize. We will try to get one done. Um, Jay's trying to talk me into getting one done for this week's travelers. Cause that's exciting. Um, screw the U S open. We want a travelers <laughs> DraftKings. Actually, it probably makes the travelers more exciting when you do have a DraftKings. You don't need excitement to, with a DraftKings contest with the U.S. Open. So true. We, we will try to get that going. But um, sorry for those listeners that did get in and uh, weren't able to beat my shitty picks this week. So uh, let's just get right into it. This was um, quite a weekend of some golf. Uh, really exciting day yesterday. Obviously, John Rahm wins his first major uh, the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines yesterday with a stellar birdie birdie finish on the 71st, 72nd hole to get it done. At one point, it looked like there was 12 guys that could win it, you know, or, or you know, late on the front nine. There was, I don't know, 15 guys at one point within like two of the, uh, within like three of the lead. It was stupid. And so it could have gone a lot of different ways. And then people started to wilter away, but Rom gets it done. Showed a lot of emotion, but a lot of class at the same time. What were your uh, general takeaways, boys, as we dive into John Rahm? Yeah, I, you know, I, beginning of the week, and I know we talked about it. Um, I'm gonna know McLean has his his comments for for Rahm, but uh, nailed it, McLean. Uh, <laughs> I I will issue a formal apology shortly. I, uh, you know. Coming off of the memorial, he's playing so well. You're like, I think everyone 
initially thought that he was going to have a good week, but there's also that pressure uh, that comes with playing that well. And then everyone thinks, oh, he's going to be, you know, charged up. He's, he's angry for getting disqualified or whatever you want to call it, but he's going to have extra motivation. And I, that to me was like, okay, that doesn't work because there's plenty of motivation for the US Open. He doesn't need extra motivation. Um, so I was under the impression that maybe it was while he, while he was playing so well, I thought maybe it was too much, you know, to overcome. It's like, okay, everyone knows I'm playing better than anyone right now. Everyone's expectation is for me to win. So, you know, then to go out and do it, which is when he made those two putts on 17, 18, I was like, well, this guy is for real. I mean, he is for real making those clutch putts like that. I mean, these were not easy putts. These were left to riders that were breaking three to four feet on Poe greens. I mean, under the, under the gun at the end of the tournament, I, I was, I mean, I always knew he was great. Everyone knows he's great. He's been super consistent over the last two years, but um, the, the change or the transformation that he's made mentally and how he he's keeping everything in check. And again, coming into the tournament with that much pressure and then still performing, um, super incredible. I, I did a couple of guys text me at the beginning of the day and said, who's going to win. And at that point I, I was like, John Rom's going to win. I was like, put your money on Rom. I know it's not like he was, well, how many, how many back was he three back four back? It was three back. I was like, it wasn't that <clears throat> crazy of a pick, but you know, in the U S open, you know, three back going into the, the final round, you still have to, you still have to play well, but he was, you just, I just had, you just had a feeling that this guy was just, he was, He's too good. Too good. Yeah, I mean, you were right. Those putts were not easy. They're not uphill, you know, right edge putts that he was hitting there. I mean, those <laughs> those are about as hard as they come, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the putting green. Never mind, you know, like you said, the 71st, 72nd hole and just have to have them kind of scenarios. Uh, I will Early. say I, I did put money on John Rahm Sunday morning. It was he was te- going off at 10 to 1. It was just way too good odds. And I actually, yeah. fr- I put money on him in the morning and completely forgot about it. And looked at my DraftKings account later that night. I'm like, why do I have so much money in here? Because <laughs> I had, because most of my bets that I made earlier in the week were terrible. And then I actually did yeah. pretty well yesterday morning with a few bets. And, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I, I personally, when Rom first came out on tour, I wasn't crazy about the guy. Um, and I guess maybe it was just kind of his, his anger. Or he was just kind of a pud to me, you know, uh, I wasn't crazy about his personality, but I'm, Every year that goes by, I start to like the guy more and more. I think he's got some balls, man. Like I think yeah. he's he's made some big putts in his career. You look at um, you know, that putt he made was it last year against um uh DJ, DJ right in the playoff at BMW. Hell, he eagled Tory Pines to win his first event on uh, you know, the 72nd hole. Like he's got a flair for the dramatic. He seems to have matured. He's still fiery, but he doesn't do in the dumb stuff on the golf course which is fine you can be fiery yeah and i don't know i just i think the way he's he's handled the whole wd you know with covid from memorial with class even in his his post-round interview they, they asked him about it and he was still handling it with class and um anyways i'm he's definitely rising in my book of you know he's not the guy that i would go oh i don't want ron yeah. to win um anyways that was that was pretty damn impressive yesterday but let's Let's get to McLean. Did you did you pre-write this out? Is this scripted? Is this off the cuff? How are you doing this apology here? I would like to first issue a formal formal apology to Mr. John Rahm and his wife Kelly, the entire Rahm family. Um, <laughs> I was incorrect. And from here on out, 
he shall only be referred to as Rombo. Uh, he has earned that with me. So moving forward, he will only ever be addressed as Rombo. And congrats to him for taking the bull by the horns, having to deal with a, a small bit of controversy at the beginning of the week, but not letting him bother him. Uh, I think you guys are right. You know, when you say the guy has the easiest way to say it is the guy has balls. He's, he's willing to get in there and stand up to it. I think it's one of those things where the guy gets on the horse and, you know, as we, as we've heard before, rides it till he bucks you. The guy does. I mean, he goes for everything. He's one of those. He reminds me very much. And it's funny that he has a relationship with the guy, but he reminds me a lot of Phil. He's going for it. He's going for everything. He does seem to have a, maybe a little bit of a better, and it's tough to say anything that you're going to argue against Phil, but John Rom showing that he can make the big putt late. Phil struggled with that a, a, a good bit during his career. It's, it's yeah, Rom can close negative about Phil because he's one of the greatest players of all time. Has won more money you could shake a stick at. Um, what like 48, 49 PGA Tour events, something like that. Um, at the same time, though, Rom does go for everything very similarly to a Phil Mickelson, but Rom is showing that in crunch time he can make the big putts as well. And that is very, very impressive. What he did on 17 and 18 with those two putts that are breaking, you know, a human, uh, it was it was absolutely incredible. I mean, there was almost six feet of break in both of those putts. Uh, speed was obviously very important. They're very quick putts. And he knocked them both down. I mean, got to get center too on both of them. Got to give credit where credit's due. Congrats to uh, Rombo and the entire Rombo compound out there in Scottsdale. But I don't think you're... I don't think your take was bad two or three years ago. I think two or three years ago, that incident would probably have affected him more than it has now. Um, I just think he's starting, like I said, I think he's just starting to mature and be a better person. Um, yeah. And I think that's what helped. I think in his early years, he that would have drastically affected him, I think. Sounds like he's got some good, good people in his camp, too, that are coaching him along. Um, which it's that's half the battle. I mean, you can have all the all the tools and all the skill set, but if you want to be a superstar, you have to have you know whether he's got good managers, whether it's you know it's his parents or family, somebody's keeping him grounded because the answers that he he's giving. Again, his response to the memorial was, I mean, he couldn't have said it any better. It's like, hey, it's on me. I should have done it. I didn't do it. Let's move on to the next the next tournament, and then. You know, him giving his own uh, recap on his emotions and how he's learning how to handle things better with his you know, birth of his new child. He's learning how to control how he acts on the golf course. You know, he's basically come out and said, I don't want my child to see me act this way on the golf course. I want to set the example. He's like, I'm lucky to play golf. I need to you know, act like a act like a, an adult. So pretty cool. Somebody does need to teach him how to hold this this baby. It was very nonchalant. I mean, that kid's. Oh, I was so. I was like, I was like, dude, you got to use two two hands, back of the neck. Like, come on, pal. <laughs> it's like I was so scared when he was walking off. I was like, this is a little infant. Like this thing, yeah, that head like, all of a sudden falls back. It's like, wham! High fiving and fist bumping and hugging people. I'm like, dude, chill out, man. I'm glad I wasn't the only one who was thinking that. I was watching the whole time. I was like, oh, buddy, you need two hands here. Two hands. <laughs> two hands. <laughs> Well, but I will say I will, though, he put, go ahead. Uh, he put any question behind how he's going to respond to controversy. Um, yeah, I mean, he put that to bed quickly. And if you can do that early in your career, 
I feel like mentally that's going to make you a very strong participant in future tournaments. Uh, I think I think yeah. that in general, especially doing it at the U.S. Open, it's not like he did it the next week at the John Deere. Boys, he came back on the biggest stage and won the U.S. Open. I mean, and that's exactly what he did. He made that putt on 17 and 18, and that is winning a golf tournament. It well, and how many to him at all? And how many people are come in as the betting betting favor and actually win? I feel like it's almost never right. Uh, Besides Tiger, right? Other than Tiger, yeah. Vegas got it right this week, and kudos to them. That well done. Well, yeah, done. yeah I, I think there was just there was so much, and that's kind of what we talked about last week. There was just so much buzz around him with how he was playing in the, in the whole thing. It, you, you, I, I, we all, you know, I was telling McLean before we started and before Jay Hot done. Yeah, McLean would have been, might have been a little bit of the harshest about saying he wasn't going to win, but none of us, you know, said, "Oh, yeah, this is definitely his week." You know, we had all kind of like, "Oh, you got to look out for the guy that's always talked about and the betting favorite." And that just you know. goes to show how good Vegas and the st- statisticians are out there. Yeah, I actually was in another pool with a group of buddies that we do every week, and um, did that did that pool work? It, yes, it did work. Okay, I, yeah. It worked out for me. I ended up winning. I had more cow after all of our talk about, you know, Mike, given his, you know, uh, without getting too vulgar, he was in love with more cow this week and he had a good week, but I was kind of feeling it too. I was like, guys, a great ball striker, yada, yada, yada. And then I switched him out for Rom with the 15 minutes before lineup lock. And it obviously made the difference. So, but uh, I just, I kept, I kept watching you know, the, the TV. And I was like, what am I doing? This guy, this guy's the last five tournaments he's played in. He's just absolutely just dominated. I was like, I got to put him in at least one of my lineups. <laughs> well, so, it's crazy. Cause the late switch almost never, never works. works. <laughs> almost never works. As soon as I did, I was like, I'm, I'm stupid, but it worked out. But, um, I, did, I know we're going to talk about some of the other guys out there, but I did want to say one thing with, uh, you know, Phil was kind of hanging around sitting with Rom's, uh, uh, wife there when he was warming up on the ranges, I thought was a little cheesy. Why was, why is Phil Mickelson out there? But anyway, it, it, Mickelson did, I know he's got a connection with his brother coach Rom. And so he does, they do have a, a good connection, but uh, yeah, Mickelson sure. a couple of years ago said, uh, you know, this guy's going to be number one in the world. And I was, everyone was like, okay. But I remember playing in the Latin American tour uh, with a guy named Austin quick, who was a teammate of Rom's at Arizona state. And, uh, He's a good guy, good player himself, but he kept talking about this guy, John Rom, this Spaniard. And I was like, who is this dude? I don't know who you're talking about. Again, I was pretty far removed from amateur golf at that time, but he this he could not stop talking about how incredible this guy was. And I'm like, who are you? And then sure enough, like a year later, he just obviously burst onto the scene. So it's just so funny to hear, you know, someone else's personal account and someone who knows him and played with him. And they were and this guy's a professional. You know, he's he's playing professional golf. Um, not on the PGA Tour, but you know, PGA Tour, Latin America, Canadian, Canadian Tour, Corn Ferry. I mean, he's a good player. Here he is talking about his teammate, saying this guy is an absolute stud. It's it's kind of cool to see and then watch it actually happen. And you know, here we are. I mean, this guy's you know arguably top player in the world right now. Yeah. Um, well, and and um, so Tim Mickelson, Phil's brother and caddy, quit the ASU head coaching job to be John Rom's agent when Rom turned professional. Good move. It was a pretty smart move, yeah. And then now he's caring for his brother, making a couple million on the on the bag. You know, this guy's got it figured out, I think. Yeah, Tim's Tim's got it all figured out. Um, so but yeah, Go somebody ahead. who doesn't have it figured out, 
as much as I love this guy, is Louis Oosthuizen. Gosh, why can he not get it done? I just uh, hang on there. Hold on there. I got to stop you right there, Jay. And Uh-oh. respectfully, fight with, yeah, with fight. all due respect. respect. No, no respect. I, Come on. I, I want someone else to get in a fight chance, other than me. I don't think there's any chance you can say that Louis Ustazen doesn't have it figured out. The guy who puts himself in, in the mix at the biggest moments, his putting number one on tour, he's yeah. also a great ball striker. I mean, I don't think there's anything you can say that the guy does that. I mean, at the same time, he also knocked down that putt after the fact. He knocked down that putt on 18 for birdie. Just, he, I don't know. I, I liked it. He had lost but, the golf tournament. But he, there, still knocked it down. He did hit that one bad drive. That was the worst one to hit. I mean, I get it. It's and it's, it's not saying he's a bad player. That's, that's not what I'm saying. He's obviously an incredible player. But when I say he doesn't have it figured out, like, his goal is to win. He has not won a tournament in the States. Not one. Uh, and he's too good of a player to not win one single tournament on the PJ Tour. The guy has been known for being one of the best ball strikers on tour. And now he leads the tour in strokes game. And I know he's in the mix. Um, and we talk about it on the show all the time. Like they got all the all the tools, all the stats, but there's a difference between, you know, we talk about with Xander Shoffley, Tony Finau, these guys who do everything right. They're always in contention, but they just haven't found a way to close the door. And when I say figure it out, I mean, he just can't seem to figure out the difference. Like, what is it going to take for me to get it, get over the hump to be the player that I'm capable of being? He should be a, he's how many runner ups does he have in majors? I think at least two or three. Six. Stuck there. Oh, that's right. He was, he's he has second, the- second to Tiger and Phil, active players on the PJ Tour with six seconds in, in a major. He has the, the runner up Grand Slam. He's finished second in every major. <laughs> wow. That's, that's impressive incredible. and sad. Yeah. I mean, and again, to your point, you're right. He is, that's how good of a player he is. And I, I want, I like the guy. I think he's awesome. I want him to figure it out. I want him to figure out what he needs to do to get over that hump. And maybe it's just doing it one time, which I still think he will. He's not absolutely. He's in I his thirties, he right? He's in he's his 30, 38. He's 38. Mm, he's getting up there, but I think he's still, still got time. He's younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I so Louie has always been one of my favorite just because it's my favorite golf swing to watch. Yeah. I mean, I will I will sh- shut everyone up in my house and be like, hey, sorry, I got to watch this. You yeah. Know? And then I'll, I'll go back on my DVR and I'll rewind it and then I'll slow it down and I'll watch it and then I'll play it full speed again and then I'll rewind it and watch it slow again. I mean, his golf swing is just money. It's just butter. Obviously, the rhythm, you could just fall asleep watching that. Um, and so as as the day went on. I, I was rooting for Morikawa at first because I had a lot of money uh, potentially coming to me if he would have won and he made that little charge and got one back and then flagged him like on two holes and missed a six-footer and a four-footer and then faded like the rest of them. But after Morikawa kind of faded, I was like, I'm rooting for Louie. I want this guy to get it done and get across the finish line and get another one. Yeah, Been a what, 11 years since he won his first major and he just seems like the nicest, easygoing guy in the world. Like Allegedly, his biggest expense he likes to buy is tractors. You know, like yeah. um, he's got a big ranch somewhere. I think that he's yeah somewhere. back home in South Africa. I think he's got a big ranch. Um, and so I don't know. I just like the guy, uh, pure swing. I just I just wish nothing against Rom. And again, I, I liked what Rom did, and and happy for Rom. Excited for him. But Rom's twenty six. He's gonna yeah probably probably win a few of these things. I just I just you know get get that monkey. Off Louis back. I know it's on a monkey because he has won one, but 
you know, six runner ups. That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, you know, we're talking about his putting. I, I mean, I obviously everyone was talking about how good he puts it and he, he does. It's, it looks super, it looks just like his golf swing. It just looks so simple. But do you notice that weird pre-shot routine he does where he goes up and down on this on this shaft? I was just like, what what is that? Like I, I'd like to know what why he does that. It looks very awkward and strange. Like it's like, all right, see milking the grip there a little bit. I think it's just he finds a feeling of comfort with it. The one thing I love about his game is that he is one hundred percent a field player. Yeah. Yeah, and he I he did say I was reading his comments, he was like, I knew I had to take that T shot on on 17 he goes i want to give myself a look at birdie you know because birdies everyone was just assuming birdies you know a factor but you got to remember he could have gone birdie birdie like ramen won the thing so it wasn't yeah. like it was just hit hit a four iron off the tee because it's not the longest hole in the world uh but he was like nope if i had to do it again i would still hit driver and yeah. try to take that hole on but it's everyone was going everyone was going way right because it was just there was no trouble all the grass was trampled down he still had a decent angle into the pin, and it was just you took all the risk out of it. You took bogey out of play, and you could still make birdie. Maybe not as easy from the fairway, obviously, but you took bogey out of play. Um, so, but I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. He normally they he'd been hitting like a like a two yard cut all week, and he pulled those last two drives. He pulled the drive on on eighteen. That's um, nerves, I think. Yeah, maybe you know, you know, maybe just the, the tempo changes a little bit when you know you're under the gun. But you could still, even if he blew it right and hit it in those fairway bunkers, I mean, what's to say the ball doesn't roll up against the lip or yeah. some weird, funky, stupid lie? You know, I don't know. I, I like yeah. the mentality a little bit there. Instead of just trying to make a par and then make a birdie to get to a playoff, let's, let's just go birdie, birdie and win it, you know? But he didn't know that Rom hadn't made that last putt on on 18 by the time he hit it in the in the. Yeah, he did. Did he know that he was one back? Oh, I don't know that, if he knew what the yeah. score was, but Rom had already been finished. I think Rom finished when he was on like 15. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 16. I don't, you know, I, I I get it kind of like knowing you've got a chance to make an easy birdie. Not easy, but you've got a pretty good shot to make birdie on 18. I, you know. Yeah. I, I If it were me, I probably would have done like John Rom did, blasted to the right and where all the trampled down stuff was. I mean – Try to hit a good drive, and but no, aim down the middle of the fairway. Try to hit it straight. If you cut it, you cut it too much. You just blast it right. Yeah, well, Rom hit Rom hit it in the bunkers and hit a great shot from the fairway bunker. Yeah, or um, who is a Brooks? Uh, not Brooks, but uh, Bryson just blasted it right. And there's a couple other guys that just aimed kind of. Well, we're gonna get to, to Bryson blasting it right mm -hmm. in a second here. Yeah, you guys, you might you guys might get a mass hold minute from me on him. That fucking guy. <laughs> you know, I mean, cannot let's wait. go, let's go. I, I cannot wait. All right, can I can I go? So everyone's favorite, Bryson DeChambeau shoots a forty fucking four on the back nine, <laughs> which I loved. He then comes out after the round and talks about, "Ah, oh, I didn't really play that bad. I just got some bad breaks, dude. You shot forty four. You're a world class golfer. There's like five guys in the world that maybe can say that they're better than you, and you shot forty four. I'm sorry, that wasn't a couple of bad breaks. You sucked." You gagged. Okay. Yeah. Then going back earlier in the week, he doesn't play that great day one, plays better on Friday. And then the post round, they asked him, Oh, yeah, I had a swing change. Come to me in my sleep. Yeah. Bryson, this thing on. This is why people don't like you. <laughs> okay. Then let's add another thing to it. 
a few holes, especially number four this week, he is purposely aiming into the crowd, just hammering it into the crowd on purpose to get trampled down lies. He on one of the holes, I forget what day it was. I think it was Saturday. He pumps one. Dan Hicks goes, oh, he must like it. He picked his tee right up. And then they show the ball land behind the people near the cart path. And then they're like, I think he was trying to do that. So then they ask him after the round. Yes, he is purposely trying to hit it into the crowd. Mind you, never says four, never yells anything. Yeah. Anything. That's anything. Yeah, that, and, that's silly to do. I mean, not to aim in the crowd because I get it. If you've got a tough, tough hole, then that's this trample down live. If it's not in course out of bounds, then yeah, you take advantage of it. But you still have to, I mean, you got fans out there. You still got to let them know there's a ball coming at them. And so here's, go back to Louie. There was two instances yesterday. One was on 11, the par three. He hit it like 40 yards right, is yelling for it. And they show yeah. a replay of his face and he's yeah. like, oh yeah. my God, like that. he's, he's, like, oh, crap, I'm going to hit someone. I don't want to get someone hurt. Yeah, he's a good human. Yes. And then he did it again on another <laughs> hole. He hit yells for is pointing and they show his face again in a, in a, a close up. And he's doing yeah. the same thing. Like, oh, yeah. shit, I'm going to hit someone and get someone hurt. Yeah. Where Bryson's just picking up his tee and sticking it in his ass or something. Like, what are you doing, pal? And, and Bryson's hitting 200 mile an hour ball speed drive. Yeah, he's just hitting hellacious seeds at these people sitting in the crowd drinking a, a, a $15 beer. Like, come on. You know, I, I wonder why pop people a call protein you bar and, and give you rolling. shit, you dumbass. He Yelp. hit that. He hit that one shot out of the rough where it was really thick, and they kept talking about how strength is such a big. It was on the back nine. Yeah, it's one of the few shots he hit well. Um, it was out of the thick rough, and I remember seeing the people like a little tighter than I would. I would like. I mean, and this is goes to what you're talking about, Mike. He Bryson hits some of the strangest shots for a good player. That I've seen in a long time. Like, I guess he was in contention maybe a month or two ago and topped the one off the tee. Yeah, the um, players. At the players. You know, he, he topped off the tee and then he he shanked a ball out of the bunker or sculled mm-hmm. it out of the bunker, kept playing ping pong back and forth. Well, I mean, that's the guy shooting 44. Lob wedges, length seven of iron. seven iron. I, there's definitely, I think he definitely loses some of this, the feel with some of these short game shots because of that. No question. You try chipping with a 37 inch lob wedge. Yeah. Well, he's hard. also, if Especially you look at his numbers, balls above your feet on his, his wedge, the wedge game. If you look at his uh, proximity to the hole on 50 to 125 yards, I think it was, was a stat I heard last week. He's like 200th on tour. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. If you're going to hit the ball that far, you better be able to hit a wedge. Better be better with it. We are exactly. Anyways, or just don't be a douchebag. Let's just start there. Just don't, be a douchebag watching him blow up started to become entertaining because it looked like my four-year-old when things don't go his way oh yeah that's oh my god him him like jamming his club into the ground like grip down (laughs) like just like if you're gonna slam or break a club slam or break the club move on yeah Yeah. the little the little and it's never it's never his fault he never hits a bad shot oh yeah one more dumb thing awful. he said. I totally forgot about this. <laughs> lay it the, on. Lay it on. After the round yesterday, when he's talking about all the bad breaks he got, which is why he shot 44, he's like, oh, I easily could have gotten to seven or eight under today. This is after he shot the 44? This was after the round yesterday. Man, sometimes you just don't have it. You just got to say, you know what? I played like shit. I'm sorry. You know, just move on. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I agree. I, I I don't hate Bryson. I think he's a very eccentric, intriguing person. He's a he's a strange bird, but 
I think he has Asperger's. He's a, he's an innovator in a lot of ways, and it's fun to like at least listen to him to see what he's doing. Um, but socially, he's he's very awkward to listen to him do interviews, and and he it does seem a little uh, programmed, and, and it's like it's hard to really feel that he's being genuine when he when he gives his comments. I mean, that's ridiculous. You can't say that you you shot forty four on nine holes, and you can't say that you could have easily shot seven or eight under. It's like really. Yeah, so yeah. either they, either you're a quitter. Yeah. You know, or you got the longest run of bad breaks ever on the golf course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and there was also footage of him on one hole. I think it was 13 when he made a quadruple. He was like patting, he was pulling a Patrick Reed. He was like patting his club down behind the golf ball. Uh-oh. Oh, I got to see that. I got to see. In the rough. That. What hole was that? I think it was 13, that par 5. He drove it in the rough again cuz I think he hit like three fucking fairways yesterday. Um I mean, hey man, sometimes it happens. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, but I've he got bad breaks. Bad breaks. Yeah, I just got just bad I breaks. only hit two fairways today, but I just got a bunch of bad breaks. You know what is a bad break? Catching Bryson in the draw. That's a bad break. <laughs> you mean being <laughs> paired with him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um oh, man. You know, I don't want to I know we're kind of ranting on Bryson, but you know, you were talking about um like kind of giving up. I and I sp- uh, mentioned this to Mikey. I was I picked Justin Rose in a bunch of lineups because he's in the past has been such a great player in the really tough conditions, U.S. Opens, and he always seems to play well because he's a great ball striker and he's so level headed. Um, but man, did he really not perform the way that I've seen him in the past? I just was really disappointed watching him that first day basically rush around on the last four holes to try to get done. Um, I'm like, come on, man, you're in the U S open. You're playing in the U S open. You're, he was like three or four over par could have easily just kept it together and turned it around a little bit, but he was just like, he had quit like with five holes left. And I was just, and if he didn't, I apologize, but it sure did look like it. Uh, the way he was running around, just like no practice wings, getting up hitting. And I know he ran to the 18th tee to tee off so they could finish. And I mean, I've been there and done that before too, but it's like the holes leading up to it. I was just like, man, I was like, this is, I don't know. It's such a prestigious event and he's won it. So I would feel like he would give it a little bit more respect. And, but you know, as I, that's just me as a fan, I'm watching it. I've never played in the U S open, but man, if I had a chance to play, I would not be running around in the last four holes because I'm three over. It, it was, it basically looked like he was like, whatever, I, I'm not playing good. I'm not going to win. I'm, I'm out. I'm like, I hate seeing that, but you're well, especially because make up make a couple birds and try to make the cut. That's what I, I mean. He's he's capable of doing that. He's that's he's that good. So like you're you're three or four over par. Okay, make a couple birdies coming in, get to two over and shoot even one under the next day and just nickel your way back in there. You know you can certainly do it. But you know it's easy to judge these guys. But as a fan, we have a right to you know hey I, I'm I'm putting you know putting a beer in my cup and getting some Cheetos and I want to watch Justin Rose stripe it. You know, I don't want to see him rush around and, you know, get out of there real quick. So, I mean, like I said, as a fan, I was disappointed. I still like the guy. He's still incredible, but. Was just make sure, you, make sure you clean those Cheetos fingers off. Don't get them on the sofa. The wife gets them on the sofa. Yeah, exactly. You know, who has a, we were talking about sweet swings with Louie. He says, you know, who has another pretty decent sweet swing. Did you guys see the guy that ran out to the 13th fairway yesterday? Speaking of Bryson <laughs> on 13. <laughs> Um, if you haven't seen the video of the guy, uh, Bones on the broadcast, I had thought he was talking about a streaker. I wish he was. The guy actually had some clothes on. Um, yeah. But he said a guy, 
you know, ran onto the fairway with a club and a couple of balls. I assume that was an innuendo for his job because yeah. he was a streaker. Um, yeah. In fact, was wearing clothes and legitimately had a club and a couple of balls. And <laughs> I gotta tell you, the guy's rhythm was really good. Um, under the gun with cops coming after you. I mean, people tracking him down, cameras on him. I mean, hell, yeah. He, he flushed both of them. He did. I mean, those yeah. things were hammered. That and was... did you see the cop who jumped out of the out of the cart on the one step on the stop, choke slammed the guy. I, I thought he was going to hit him with the cart. <laughs> I was rooting for the cart to hit him. Was, was what I was rooting impressive. for. Um, I, know, I saw somebody on social media say the funnier thing would have been if the if the streaker, the streaker, the, the whatever the guy you want to call him, eluded the tackle and then got in the cart. It took off. That would it took great. off. That would have been amazing. Uh, that would have been great. <laughs> well, shout out that guy. Great rhythm there. I like that. Yeah. Sweet swinging streak. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great call by Bones there in the it, moment. Um, and then he, he followed it up with now he's face down in handcuffs on the 15th fairway. <laughs> I was like, basically, Bones is like, hey, guys, if you guys want to try this, this is what happens. <laughs> Uh, that was it funny. always ends the same way. <laughs> so what do you guys what do you guys make of I'm not going to use the word collapse from a bunch of these guys, but just kind of the train wreck that it became on the back nine, right? Where the front nine, it was like, holy shit, buckle your seatbelt. We're in for a three, four man playoff. This is going to come down to the wire with who knows. And then it was the last four holes. It was like two guys, right? Rory was up there. Morikawa was up there. Brooks was up there. You know, it seemed like there was half of the top 10 was up there at some point. You know, JT had a small little run on the front nine. You thought he could do something. You know, um, Xander Shoffley kind of teased it a little bit. What, what do you make of those guys in particular or as a group just kind of fading? I think it shows exactly what a U.S. Open is supposed to show. Yeah. Um, it's survival of the fittest at a U.S. Open. It's the guys who can get through the tough holes and not make the mistake. I think what happened is exactly what we're supposed to see at a U.S. Open. And quite frankly, I think it was, I think it was good. You know, you had that early drama. Guys got in the mix. There was a bunch of big names up there. And as we saw, some fall victim to the golf course. Others were able to push by and excel. And I think that's what makes it a fair test, quite frankly. Um I think it was fantastic to see as many guys get into the mix and create that excitement. I also think we saw two guys at the end that survived the longest and ultimately Louis with that drive on 17, you know, it was, that was unfortunately his dagger, but it showed Rom get through there and he came away with the trophy. And like I said, I know I said this earlier, but he won the golf tournament. The putt on 17 and 18 solidified that he won the golf tournament. That was not given to him by any stretch of the imagination, especially yeah. being as far back as he was in the pairing list. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I was, I was on the edge of my seat, you know, watching the back nine with all those guys in the mix. I mean, it was, it was fun. It was like so many different scenarios, so many different um, storylines. You know, Louis trying to, you know, break out of the 11-year slump, winning in the States for the first time. Rom trying to get his first major. Um, you know, Kepka trying to keep doing what he does at majors and not giving a shit about any other tournament on the list, but except maybe waste management, which still blows my mind. Um, which I wish he would just come out and say, you know, 
just be honest, you know, just say, Hey man, I just don't play good in the regular events. You know, it's he, but he turns it around and makes it sound like he doesn't care. Like he doesn't prepare. I'm like, shut up, dude. Like he's too good. I'm, for I'm the not going to lie. I'm, I get just as irritated with him as I get with Bryson and I'm almost more so now because uh, he's so good. He's such a good player. Just it's, he's, he just, I don't know what it is. He's, he's so caught up in the spotlight. You're just, he, he can't just give a real honest answer. It's always got to be some slight, you know, to somebody else. And it just gets irritating. Like just answer the question, man, you're, you're, you're a top five player in the world. You make a shit ton of money. Just be honest with somebody one time and just give a real answer. Just like, hey, you know what, man? I'm, I just I played bad. I just I, I came in here to practice. I was preparing. I just played bad, you know? And it's always got to be some other excuse. It's like, it's just a stupid persona. I was like, just, I, I don't know. That's why people like Sergio. That's why people like Rory. Because when you ask them a question, they give you a legitimate answer. That's not some stupid bluff. And I think that was the reason that a lot of people didn't like Tiger. As good as he was, is because... He gave those dumb answers, and I was like, "Oh, I got nothing from Tiger again." It was just some, you know, yeah. His, his his was his was more. Tiger was more guarded with his answers. Yeah, Brooks is just like you said. He's trying to portray this uh, persona that he's created for himself. Yeah, and it just gets. I, I think he's better than that. I don't think he needs to do that. Like, I think he would probably be one of the most popular guys out there, which he kind of is. But if he didn't like overdo the, you know, the carefree, I don't care about golf, whatever. Yeah, I, I agree with you on Brooks. He's getting really annoying too. It does. And and I, I don't know. I don't like, I mean, Bryson's a weirdo, no question. But I think, you know, what did he actually do to him? Not nothing, really. He just, I mean, Bryson just doesn't, I mean, Brooks just doesn't like the guy, which is fine. But like, I don't know, with the whole cleat thing, we talked about that walk. I mean, where's he supposed to go? He's got, yes, he's got nails on. Uh, well, there's still guys that wear them. Yeah. You know, he's walking on the cart path. Where do although you want he the guy to go? Although he didn't wear them yesterday. And he, that's when he slipped on the 13th tee box yesterday. He, he should have. Yeah, should've. he had spikeless on yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, Rory Rory disappointed me. You know, it's been a while for him since he, he's won a major, what, it's been seven years, right? Yeah. It was in 14. Yeah. I'm actually looking at a uh, at, at Royal Liverpool, the Open. I'm looking at a signed autographed flag and picture from Rory on my wall here in my man room. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was rooting for him. You know, just because I mean, it was for a lot of the guys. In all yeah. honesty, there was a lot of but a lot of good storylines and, and guys that I liked up there. Really, besides Brooks and Bryson, I was rooting for everyone else. So, um, yeah, you know, again, he had it going. I was like, all right, maybe this is the day he's going to make a charge, make some noise. I think he got to a tie for the lead when it dropped down to four for a second, and then three putts, eleven, and then a couple bad swings on twelve, just put himself in a disastrous spot, plugged in the. The edge of that bunker, which had nightmare written all over it, and then cold shanked it out of the bunker. But I don't know what he's going to do from there. So, anyways, yeah. and then that was kind of the end of him. Yeah. So it's just another. I don't know. Just again, wanting more from Rory. Yeah. Which you know he he still is always in the mix. So you know expectations are high, and, and you know he's set by himself. You know when you win four majors or however many he's he's at he's at four yeah. You win four majors before the age of thirty, you know, you're you 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 go way up in the list there. Um, yeah, more expectations. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. So, but I mean, he he, again, he's the guy that you know, handles it pretty pretty well. I always feel like he, like I said, gives a real answer and it's like, hey, I just played like shit. I mean, well, what else do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll show his vulnerability. Yeah, in the, in the press room. Yeah, um, my man, my man, Colin. God, man. He shoots four over day one, 
pretty much thought he was out of it and then started chipping his way back into this thing and got it to what? I think it was three right. under early on the front nine. Flagged one on six feet, missed it, hit four feet, missed it. I was like, come on, dude, let's go. And then he makes a mess of 13, which I'm not really even sure what he did because the coverage didn't show him until he was getting ready to bone his fourth shot over the green. And that's double. Uh, yeah, I, did, I just saw the I saw the blade. I didn't see uh, anything else. But that that hole was, was eating guys. hard. Yeah, six sixteen it played. And if if you miss the fairway off the tee, now you're really in a predicament because you you it's hard to control your ball on your layup. So guys are missing the fairway with their layup and not they, And if you then at the bottom of this hill, if you're in the rough hitting back up, if you've got a bad line and you can't get it all the way to the flat spot on the green, the ball rolls all the way back down to the bottom. I mean, it was a, a brutal, brutal hole. I mean, I was watching, I was like, man, I, I'm glad I'm not playing that. I liked, I liked that hole better on Saturday when they had moved the, the tee up a little bit. And that's when, Rory rifled that three wood off the flag stick. Um, yeah, Rory, by the still way, got, Rory still got home on Sunday. He did, yeah. He driver, did. driver, some it looked like a hybrid kind of thing. I don't, it, yeah, I don't, it must have been a low. It that was he had 273 on, on, on 13 roasted. Oh my gosh, I mean, that he's got to be one of the best long iron drivers of. Of all time, I mean, it's kind of like Tiger was forever. Like you, you just can't count a guy like that out when they've even, you've got a six hundred yard par five and he's still getting there too. Pretty you dry there, McLean? I am. Me too. <laughs> McLean was wrenching his neck back to get the last drop of grapes in his wine glass. I didn't bring the bottle upstairs. It was a total mistake. Oh man! <laughs> I'll be back. Now, now Jay's taking a bourbon break. I mean, if he's going, I'm going. <laughs> At this point, we'd like to pause the Emergency Nine podcast. We'll be right back. Let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. And that's it from our sponsors. <laughs> oh, man. And we're back. The boys have gotten their drinks. Everyone's replenished. I'm just on water tonight, taking it easy. I've I've had a lot to drink the last like six days. So, um, <laughs> just US taking, Open week, taking it easy for a night. But, anyways, let's let's get back into some of these some of these players. I, I got to give a quick shout out to my, uh, as we say, fellow Italians, my paisan, Guido. <laughs> that guy was awesome. They only showed him like three or four holes. He was chipping in, holding out, fist pumps galore. He was loving life. Um, Never heard of the guy before until yesterday. <laughs> I'll say that. I have no idea who this guy is. No he idea. We'll be making an appearance later in this episode. Just saying. Did you pick him for your DraftKings team? Mike, I said he'll make an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> leave me alone and just let me make my picks. I mean, the guy was just, it was, it was easy to root for. You know, he's 24 years old, never been over here before. And I saw a thing that someone had interviewed him right after the round. At that point, he was T9, and they were like, man, how you're going to be staring at the leaderboard to see if you can stay in the top 10 to get an invite back to next year's U.S. Open. And the, does he get into the Masters, too? By well, so it? then that was T9 when he finished, and then the casualties happened, and he finished T4, which gets him into the Masters now. Is it T7 or something weird that gets you in the Masters? It's T5, not like five, I think. It's, it's, T4, it's T4. Oh, well, it's it T4. So, it's T4. Top four get into the Masters next year. 
That's weird that it's top four. It's just a weird number. I knew it was something number. weird. Like, why wouldn't it be like top five or top ten? Why is it? Be, why is it top four? But, but that's if, awesome for him. That's incredible. I'm not sure how many people picked him as you know in the uh, on DraftKings Sportsbook. Mm-hmm. You can pick like the international groups. You know, like low Spaniard and low South African. I'm not sure how many people picked him in the uh, low Italian group over <laughs> the Molinari brothers. But yeah. I bet it paid well. I'm sure it paid very well. And um, anyways, he was he was fun to watch. What do you guys make of? Let's call all these kind of co-leaders at some point that that faded and some of them pretty hard. You know, go back to Richard Bland on Saturday. Mackenzie Hughes gets a golf ball stuck in a tree, which is remarkable to hit a cart path. Go through. I think it went through the tree, hit a cart path and went back up into the tree, got stuck. You know, Russell Henley kind of surprised me. You know, he's seen what I thought going into the day would be the most composed of the untested guys. Cause he, he, you know, he, he hung in there. He didn't hit it great on Saturday with the lead, but, but hung in there pretty well and still had the lead. So he didn't, you know, gag it away at all, but you know, yesterday shoots 76. So that's just typical untested U S open pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's you exactly hit the nail on the head. I think, you know, for those guys, McKenzie was in, you know, close to the lead and Bland was, I mean, they held the lead, you know, at both of them at certain points of the tournament. It's just, it's just, we're not talking about a, you know, the travelers. We're not talking about a regular tour stop here. We're talking about the life changing, you know, major championship, you know, winner. I mean, that would that's just nuts, you know. So no matter how much you try to, you know, deflect and, you know, defer all these thoughts, it, it's just it's it's next to impossible. I mean, you've just got to be extremely mentally tough um, or just I don't want to say dumb, but you got to be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, you know, so clueless. But it, it's just so much pressure, whether you whether you can help it or not. I mean, it's just. It's there. You can't get away from it. You know, you can't go home and like, just like chill out. It's like anything you turn on the TV is going to be talking about the U S open this U S open that. So, you know, I think was it Louie even said, I don't know if it was yesterday, but at some point this weekend, he was like, yeah, when I won the open doesn't 10, he goes, I was just kind of young and dumb and naive. I didn't yeah. really, didn't really know. He's like, well, now, now I kind of know. He was almost kind of admitting, like now he knows the importance of it and how big it is. And maybe that's why he hasn't really crossed the finish line again. And, and it's a lot harder. So, you know, I mean, again, I think it's a good learning experience. Well, Mackenzie, she, you shoot 77 yesterday, even he, I mean, he, hell, he was still in contention on the 11th hole when he hit that. Yeah, I mean, I think he proved a lot to himself. The guy's a good player. He actually, from from what I last heard, he lives here in Charlotte. Um, and the guy's been someone who's played well. He's kind of always been on that cusp of actually making a name for himself. He's been out there for a couple of years now. And he's put himself in contention in a couple of big stages. Unfortunately, he's yet to convert. But I think there's a lot of things to take away for a guy like that. You know, you put yourself in contention again, as we said with Rory, as we said with Brooks, as we said with Bryson and a couple of other big name players. He was in that same group. You know, he was in contention. The golf course got him a little bit. He hit a couple bad shots. And as we know, especially at U.S. Open venues, the shots that get a little bit offline can penalize yourselves quickly. You miss it in the wrong spot. You're likely looking for another pearl in your golf bag. Yeah. Yeah. so I would let, I would say he was uh, 
he he got a few bad breaks on the back nine. Uh, I mean, he obviously hit some bad one shots too. One. One he major. had one major with the ball that if it hit the cart path, then bounced up, it bounced into the tree and stuck after hitting the cart path, which is it's so bizarre. Um, now he didn't hit a good shot to get there. Let's be honest, but I mean, he could have probably found the ball and got something on the green, and you know, had a chance to make a make a bogey, but ended up making. I think he made double on that hole, didn't he? Because he had to, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, that was a big that was a big tee shot going back to him, right? Because he had just watched Louis. It was one shot in front of him at the time, pump it way right of that green. And he could have been like, okay, let's just hit this in the middle of the green. Now, granted, it was one of the hardest holes on the golf course. It was what, 220? Yeah. I think we maybe played in 223. Put it in the middle of the green, try to make a par and, and get the hell out of there. And maybe your, you know, co leader coming off, yeah. off that green and then, then do that. That, that stings. Yeah. I was looking at this leaderboard. How about Harris English? Great job. Third. I think I saw you hit one shot yesterday. I'm not sure the uh, camera showed you at all somehow for a third place finish. Remarkable. I I, would, I thought for a long time yesterday, if he hold that putt on 18 for Eagle and posted four, he yeah. was at worst in a playoff. You never forecast Ron making those putts on 17. Yeah. Long story he did, or short story he did, and my situation was pointless, but there was a long time there with the way things were going. I even thought him at three could potentially be in the mix for a playoff. I mean, he he had to stay a long time yesterday before he could finally pack those shoes up and yeah. you know, kind of put his put his clubs in his travel bag and get rolling. Yeah. It was good to see Matt Wolf back. You know, he's obviously played well last year, got a win a couple of years ago, came in second to Bryson at, at Wingfoot in the U.S. Open, and then, you know, dealt with some demons and, you know, maybe some mental health issues and, he talked about how he just couldn't wasn't enjoying the game a little bit. And I think, you know, being a young guy, the the grind of the travel and the play and the practice was probably getting to him. So he took a couple months off and um, you know, finishes T15, didn't have the greatest weekend, 73, 74 in the weekend, but it was good to see him around. I like watching him. He's got a goofy swing. Um, but the guy hammers it. He plays fast too. It's just uh, he's interesting you know, to watch. What I like about him and Rom is they both have very, very natural movements. And I think those pay off in the long term. I think if you can stay healthy with a natural movement and you're not trying to manufacture it, you can have a very long career. You look at a lot of guys out there that don't have that, you know, perfect Louis swing. I mean, obviously Louis doing well, and he would be the argument against this. But you look at a guy like a Jim Furyk, um, Guys, there's a ton of different guys you could use in, as an example, but guys that swing their swing, as Arnie would say, I think those guys are going to be able to stand the test of time. And I think Rom and uh, and Matt Wolf are kind of in that conversation. We'll see if Matt can do it. I think Rom's almost, I wouldn't say a sure thing, but buddy, he's tough to bet on. Otherwise, yeah. tough to bet against. I would say. So I, I think there's a lot to be said about having that natural feel game in terms of when it comes to longevity. I think both of them are going to be around for a long time. And I think Matt Wolf has a lot of a lot of golf ahead of him. If you guys want to have a good laugh, go to the US Open leaderboard and you click on someone's scorecard. And then if their shots were shown on television, you can watch the replay. I'm currently watching Bryson make a quad on 17. It's really fun. He snipe hooks it off. He got a really bad break off the tee and he snipe hooked it into the into the shit. And then he semi blade skulls one over the green. Uh, this is, I mean, tough breaks here. Really tough breaks. 
I want that to be <laughs> really tough breaks. He really got some bad breaks on that back nine. He, he's right. He easily could have been eight under. I mean, he easily could have been 12 shots better on that back nine. Easy. I want that video on a loop <laughs> on my cell phone. Just every time I look at it, I could sit there for an hour and a half chuckling. This is great. I'm going to go watch his double on 13 now. <laughs> so what did you guys, what did you guys think of the golf course? And I, I was, I'm not harsh on it, but I was just kind of, um, he just slipped and fell on 13 T anyways. Um, oh, uh, I, yeah, I, I, we talked about the beginning of the week, you know, that Tory kind of gets the, I don't really remember a whole lot of holes and you're right. I don't remember hardly any of those holes in the back nine, even after watching it, I remember 18. That's the pretty much the one hole that I remember because that's where all the action happens. I didn't yeah. really remember seven. I do remember, I remember like two or three holes on the back nine. The the canyons are to the left. That's really all. I don't know which one's which. I remember there's a couple of good par threes on the back nine. Um, but other than that, I really only remember 18. Yeah, that's the I, thing. It's just very nondescript. Even like when they're showing the coverage. And if they don't have the little box up in the corner, it's hard to tell. Like when he's on the tee box, what hole is that? I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. A lot of them run together for me. Uh, Bryson's taking relief from a uh, from beer cans right now. Uh, <laughs> case of beer on the thirteenth hole. Um, and oh, I, actually, I just, hold on a second. Hang on a second. Did everyone else see that? Because it rested up against an empty twelve pack of Stella. Yeah, I want to know how you get a twelve pack of Stella to that point of the golf course. I wonder how much that twelve pack of Stella cost. How much did that twelve pack cost? Buy a twelve pack? Do they (laughs) hand it to you in the in the cardboard? That's a great. That's a really good point. I've been to a lot of golf tournaments. They give you in the aluminum bottles. Yeah, you're not going to get the actual cardboard. Exactly. That's all I. Yeah, I thought they just walked out of the gas station with it. (laughs) Exactly, and then and then walk right through security. Like, yeah, don't worry, guys. These are for me and my friends. I, I did. That, I, was in, that was in one of the players' bags, and they just dumped it out. Right I, there. I saw yeah. some a bunch of things on Twitter that are like, "How awesome would that been if that was a, a case of Michelob Ultra?" Yeah, you know, other something Brooks. <laughs> Brooks was. Um, anyways, but yeah, back to the golf course. It's you know, people wanted to say like, "Oh, well, look at the leaderboard, and it determined the best champion and the best player, and it had all these top guys." I'm like, "Well, yeah, it's because they're the top guys. The cream's going to rise to the top." Like. You could say that about like every event, you know, like, yeah. so I don't know if just because the leaderboard was, it got a great leaderboard and drama that it was a, it's a great golf course or a great U S open venue. But I mean, I don't think it's awful. I right? think that it, it's not dude, memorable. This basically it's not. No, I agree yeah. with that, Jay. It's not the most memorable golf course, but it is a fair test. And a oh, challenge no question. Of course, no question. So, I, I don't think it's something to wear you're necessarily going to leave feeling like you've just had this grand time, even though it does have some great views. I, I just don't see it as it playing as well as a you know, Monterey Peninsula or a pebble yeah. to just be, to just give a similar West coast links right on the ocean golf course feel. Right. I don't think it plays that way where you know people talk about obviously the, the views, but also the character of the golf course. I don't think Tory necessarily plays that way, but I do think it plays as a fair, tough golf course. I think it's similar to the Beth page of the West coast um, where it's just a hard, tough golf course. It might not necessarily leave you thinking, man, that was the coolest and best experience I've ever had, but you're also going to struggle to take advantage of it and, and 
you know, go deep any day of the week. Yeah. I just don't I feel, feel like there's a lot of variety yeah. on that golf yeah. course. I think it's a lot of the same over and over. I don't disagree. Yeah. Yeah. Beth Page Black, on the other hand, does have some pretty unique holes. Very a lot more variety. I, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. A lot more variety. But in terms of a I would say Quail Hollow and and Tory are like the same hard golf courses, but not a whole lot of memorable ones. I mean, obviously the the last three holes at Quail Hollow are memorable because they're they're hard, but you know, it's the same thing. Anything up until that point. And a little bit of that has to do with how often you see the course too. So, you know, if you see uh, you know, Augusta every year, the same course, everyone starts to know the, you know, each hole. But I will say that, you know, hey, we Tory see Tori Pons, every year. Yeah, we see Tori every year, and I still don't remember any of those holes. So, you know, I guess that 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 doesn't hold true. Going back to Ron real fast, it just, just hit me because I remember someone was showing a picture of the ninth hole, the par five. Might be the straightest hole in America. It is amazingly straight. Anyways, you guys see how Rom hit it over that fence and got free relief from it? I mean, he hit it over there. I thought it was going to be out of bounds. But I guess the actual boundary, there's another fence. So he hooked it left. There's another fencer that's the actually out of bounds fence. And this was some other weird boundary fence. And they gave him a TIO relief, temporary removable obstruction, free relief from it, which I thought was a, a great break. And then he went on to bury the hole. But anyway, it's just yeah. ran, ran, random. Uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't see that one. I was I was out getting a little practice running with my son, which I do have to give him a shout out. My son played in his first golf tournament today he's eight years old sorry i don't want to waste any time but he's super pumped about this he is so nervous he played his first golf tournament the virginia state golf association does these one day events he's eight years old played nine holes and he shot 40 he made two birdies obviously some bogeys made one triple but ended up winning his first tournament and he got done at the end of the day i saw him my wife caddy for him today and uh which is incredible caddy uh, she's caddy for me a bunch too, but she said they got done today. And uh, he said, he's like, this may be the greatest day of my life <laughs> as an eight year old to say that after winning his first tournament, I was like, that's pretty cool. I mean, that a boy, Trey, great work, yeah. pal. That's uh, awesome. He is, uh, to him. he's super pumped. Um, who knows what, hey, what how we, where we go from here. Strong. Yeah. He, he, he played well. I looked at the scorecard with him. We went through it. He, you know, made, Made a couple, made a couple bogeys here and there, and um, yeah, obviously made a made a triple, and it's, um, and, but then made two birdies, hit uh, both of the par fives, he hit driver iron on the green, and two putted for birdies, and made a couple pars, and made two good pars to finish the finish the tournament off and win by one. So my wow, nailed by one by one. Do they have live scoring out there for that? Did he know? Was he is he a leaderboard watcher? No, the or? Kid, I think the kid and his group they were like going back and forth. Okay, yeah, he knew. Right. So he was like. Store- at least he knew. Hey, I got it. If I don't beat the kid in my group, then I'm not going to win the tournament. Let me just he was this staring the kid right in the eyes. <laughs> so he's a great match play player. I like him yeah. for team competition already. Right. <laughs> Man, well, got more wins than I do. Yeah, yeah, he's got more than I've had in the last couple of years. So that's for sure. <laughs> way to go, Trey. Keep it yeah. up, buddy. But way to go, buddy. That nice was work. awesome. Um, so I guess let's uh, let's get into. Anybody, any got any more U.S. Open thoughts? They want to get off their chest, or I, I think I, I think I complained enough about a couple of players, which is not normally my thing. But I just had to get 
some of that out there. But let me see if I can complain about anyone else. <laughs> I think it was a, it was a really cool tournament. I'll, I'll finish with saying that I I mean I was totally into the the finish. The last nine holes was awesome. Um, there's so many guys in the mix. It was really fun to watch, and there, you know, a lot of a lot of good guys that I like pulling for. Rom, Louis Ustase, and Morikawa. You know, Rory was kind of in the mix a little bit. You know, Xander kind of flashed up and down, which he ended up doing what he normally does. Another, you know, top five or finish at, at a. Did he finish in the top five or did he fall out of the top five? I think he finished uh, seven. T seven, yeah. Yeah. But in the top ten in a major, so I mean, I li- I really like the guy. You know, same thing with Louis. It's like you want to see them just kind of solidify themselves as how good they really are. But you know, that's. Again, that's one of those things they just gotta somehow figure out how to do, and you know what, 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 how do I need to finish the tournament? How do I need to lean on my strengths here and just get it, get it done? You know, it's again, I've never won a major, so hell, I don't know, but I've, I've definitely won tournaments where I was super nervous, and I, you know, I know the things that I had to do, um, and everyone's different, and Louis's gonna have to figure out what he needs to do, and. Um, he needs to get back on the winner's circle and win a major. And he, I don't know. I think he'll do it. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he wins the open championship. I, the, the guy is just, you can't put that good of a golf swing, that consistent of a golf swing and then get, make him this <laughs> leader in strokes game putting. You just, it's, it's like, why is he not one every week? <laughs> you know? I know when you can combine the ball striking, you know, the crazy thing about it is that his worst statistic is his driving. Um, and he doesn't drive it that bad. I mean, he's 64th in driving accuracy and like 102 in driving distance, but he still hits it averages 296 off the tee. Yeah. Um, but when you combine it with his strokes gained around the green and his strokes gained putting, it makes up for so many mistakes. I mean, yeah. I, I think, Jay, you would agree that yeah. one of the biggest separations between skill levels or success levels is the guys that can get up and down around the greens when they miss the green. The yeah. guys that can make those 10-footers for par or those six-footers for par over and over, and they avoid making that bogey or worse mistake. Yeah. They keep the, those, those round savers, they call them. You know, It's like, man, I'm playing great golf. I'm hitting 15 greens around, which yeah. you know, a lot of us don't even know what that is what that's like but right. for these guys you know they're they're going out there if they're playing great and have a chance to win a pga tour event they're hitting 15, 14 15 16 greens in a round so that leaves two or three or four greens that they've got to get up and down to keep this round going you know and he and Louis, just shines in those moments yeah he really does and i think even him birdieing 18 after all said and done it's just a further testament to that i yeah. mean again that that he had to step up there and knock it down. Yeah. And that was, that actually, was, a, that was a pretty expensive putt too, by I, the way. Yeah, it was. I actually liked, um, I actually liked the play, you know, he hit it in the rough and you could tell he was not happy about having to lay up, but where that pin was, I couldn't believe he did. With, I, quite well, frankly. well, with looking, looking at it, it's the only know, option he had, it was, you know, the, he had so much grass on the ball. He has water in between play. him. If he hits it, if he carries it on the green out of the rough, it's going all the way to the back of the green. So it, it's, I mean, that's almost, it's almost an impossible up and down. Well, guys are and having then, a hard time. I think you just got to try to miss it. Right. I, yeah. I think you just got to try to miss it. Right. I'm actually glad we got to this point because I, I, I wanted to discuss this. Here's the difference in it from a monetary standpoint. 
how do I make the most money on average one in a million tries? You lay up every single time. But how do I win the golf tournament? You got to get it up there to where you can possibly chip it in at worst or somehow you luck it onto a green and you can put something with less than five degrees of loft behind the golf ball. Yeah. Uh, and I would, if it were me out there, I totally would have probably done it. And I probably would have blown it right. 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 Cost bunker. yourself a exemption next year. Yeah. But I mean, you know, he's whole, still, even if he, even if he blew it right in the bunker and didn't get up and down and made par, he's still finishing second. You know, he was, he had lose one shot ahead of, of, of sure. second or third place. I'm sorry. He was second alone at, at, uh, at four under. So, Oh, he was, was, was one shot clear. Thought, uh, he was one. Yeah, he was one shot clear. But English he, was in the house at third. Re, yeah, at three hundred. I, I just I, I was looking at his lie. They kept showing it, and I was looking at the pin. And I watched Rom hit his ball in the greenside bunker and make. He hit an absolutely incredible bunker shot. He basically he had, laid up from the bunker. Yeah, he had 20, right. 20, 20, 25 feet. So, I mean, and he could have if if Rom had tried to tried to make that or hit it close, he could have easily hit that ball in the water. Uh, out of the bunker so i mean i get it he was like look let me just hit this ball in the fairway let me just i've got a i'll have a great great approach shot let me see if i can just get lucky and holding out i mean i, I mean, it's tough to it's tough to do that under the gun like i said i would have probably tried to yards, go for it which is which is why well i'm not playing in the u.s open but um you know it, it's hard to second guess the guy he he knows his capabilities and the lie and now if it were if there were somebody big and strong that just can smash it out of the rough, like a Rory or Dustin Johnson or something like that. I could see where they'd be like, you know what? Hey, I, I can hit this shot. You know, I can muscle this out of here. Whereas Louis is like, Hey man, that's not my game. Like I'm, I'm going to either hit it over the green in the water, or I'm going to hit it in, in the, you know, down slope of the, the right green side bunker. And none of those are conducive for me making Eagle. So, yeah. I, I just think though, there was too much grass behind that golf ball to get, enough club face on it to get it there. And you had to basically fly it there. There wasn't really barely any room to kind of chase it up. I watched, I remember three guys went for it from the fairway, landed on the front part of the green and it chased all the way to the back. So I don't think he, I, I mean, you give that guy a hundred balls. I don't think he makes Eagle. Um, I know he'd made Eagle yesterday, but to that pin, I, I think you give him a hundred balls off the tee. And I think he makes Eagle once. If he, I mean, oh, so he, from the tee, not from a second shot, from the no, tee no, box. no, from from the tee. I'd say you give him a hundred balls from the tee and give him a chance to hit in the fairway, and I still don't think he makes eagle. Uh, I just think you know, I just don't think that's his his strong suit to be able to pipe drive. I don't think he has it far enough to have a uh, a short enough club to put enough spin on it to get it to keep it on that bottom level. I mean, the only chance he would have had would would be able to get it in the middle to back of the green have a long sloping putt i mean and then you're just you you know it's the luck of the draw so mclean you know if he would have made eagle there you and i would have had quite the debate with jay on who won that bet because jay said a thousand to one for him to go par birdie and we both took that for a dollar if he would have gone bogey eagle does that pay or not pay <laughs> that is i actually thought, I thought about the that bet was to get up and down and he damn near pulled it off. No, his his, but, his the bet was par to go par birdie the last two holes after he yeah. hit the ball in the penalty area on seventeen. Yeah. Right. And you okay. immediately chomped in and said, "I got a dollar on it." I immediately was all over that. I saw great odds. I was all over it, especially at a thousand to one. I've wasted dollars on a lot worse <laughs> odds than that. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, that would have been interesting if he got bogey eagle. Jay, would you have paid us or what? I don't think we actually confirmed anything. There wasn't anything that was set in stone. But McLean, you owe me a dollar. <laughs> McLean, I almost texted you and be like, dude, we should go have these. I'll go in 50 cents. You go in 50 cents. <laughs> see if we can get Jay to actually yes. take this. <laughs> uh, that would have been a good bet for Jay, for sure. All right. Let's... um. That's our U.S. Open recap. Let's let's get into um, a Travelers Championship. That's what everybody wants right after that exhilarating U.S. Open. Let's go to fucking Connecticut. Um, and this is from a guy from New England. Let me tell you, there's six states in New England, but there's really five. We don't count Connecticut. If you ask the other five states in New England, Connecticut is New York, and it sucks. Done. Okay? Simple as that. It's not part of New England. The set it in stone. That's right. Every other state in New England is fantastic. Connecticut blows. <laughs> but we're PJ Tours going to Connecticut. Traveling cross country. How about that? Those They go from South Carolina to Torrey Pines out in San Diego all the way back to Connecticut. Yeah. I feel, feel bad for the guys that are like 150th on tour. They got to fly coach. Ugh. But we got um, TPC River Highlands this week. It's actually a, a decent field. Um, I was surprised when I was looking at this at who's who's in the field. I mean, you got you got we got uh, DJ, we got Bryson this week. Can't wait to watch him be a douchebag again. Um, <laughs> Bubba Cantlay, Patrick Reed, Scotty Scheffler. I mean, there are some some good names uh, playing this week, and you know this this tournament has been held for forever. At this golf course, but um, any other travelers takes or course takes on this? You know, I just always remember Jordan Spieth holding out from the bunker years ago in the playoff against Berger. That was cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. They went with the uh, the the chest bump out of the yeah the yeah. awkward white man yeah. can't jump chest bump. Didn't didn't Jim Furyk shoot fifty eight here? Fifty eight. Yep. Gosh, that's incredible. Um, they definitely have some birdie holes. There are a couple. There's that one drivable hole in the back with the water that can kind of lead to some drama there. But again, it's travelers. It's you know the week, week after, after yeah week after a major hangover kind yeah. of thing. Right. Agreed. Um, so I'll still, I'll still watch, but yeah, yeah I'll right. still watch. And um, who wants who wants to go first with their picks? We don't know who we don't know who won last week because I fucked up again. Um, definitely wasn't going to be me. I will. Uh, I'll go first. I say that hesitantly because there's one. It sounded hesitantly. Up. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you ready? I mean, one. I mean, if you're ready, if you're ready, go. If you're ready, All right. Go. So we'll break it down real quick. I I got some better players this week. I got more high dollar players this week. I shouldn't say better players. Um, but my high dollar guy, Jay just mentioned him, Scotty Scheffler. Guy's been playing really well. I think he's a he's one of those guys that I think could just play well anywhere. I love him hitting that cut the way he does. He has hit some iron shots last week that I thought were really impressive. Uh, he's been playing very well. I look for him to contend. Um, moving down the board a bit, Spanish sensation around the greens just cannot be beat. Abraham answer. Um, I almost took him. Love this. Oh, he's from Mexico. Yeah, he is from Mexico. What'd you say? The Spanish sensation. They speak Spanish down there still, right? Yes, but he's not Spanish. 
Okay. It's a different nationality. All right. Well, was that racist? It's a nationality <laughs> in a language. <laughs> no, I get where you're going. They do speak Spanish, so right, that's let's, fair. Let's that's take fair. That back. I say, that's I'm fair. In, I'm in. I meant no disrespect. You guys made me question it. Like, no. How are we? So are we English? Because we speak English. We're not from green. No, he is. I love. I love him. So I don't even know how you guys made me feel this way. But let's, <laughs> let's cut that entirely. Break. Break. With my second pick, I took Abraham. Answer. Uh, I think he's going to play well this week. The guy's game just seems to travel. Short game is never anything you have to question. Um, I'm, I look forward to him playing well as, this week as well. Uh, five top tens, five top tens this year has made 18 of 22 cuts. Got him at 9100. Uh, moving down the list, another guy who I think kind of falls under that same category, who's been playing well and played well this past week, uh, Brian Harmon. Uh, the guy finished 19th at the U S open ninth at Charles Schwab. He did miss the cut at the PGA, but then rattled off 18th at the Wells Fargo, which is kind of a, a long golf course and a very tough golf course. But the guy as a short hitter seems to really thrive in those tough environments. So I look for him to play well at TPC river Highlands. Uh, he's only missed two cuts this year with three top tens moving down the list from 8,800. Another guy I think who's going to play well that can play well anywhere and played well last week that doesn't get enough credit from Vegas is Francesco Molinari. Um, this guy game, this guy's game really seems to travel well. Tons of experience, doesn't get ruffled by big stages. Um, not that this is necessarily the biggest one considering where he was last week, but someone who I look to play well during his short stint over here in the U.S. Um, moving down, the guy, future Hall of Famer. Uh, Stuart Sink. Whoa. <laughs> Mikey was rough, was trying to get to that mic so fast. Uh, the guy continues to kind of back himself up and what he's done. I mean, he hasn't necessarily been in total contention, but he, he was a part of the golf tournament this week, 73, 72, 74, 75. Uh, through the first two rounds, the guy sitting there at three over, still kind of in it, but ultimately made the cut, had a good finish. Um, he's won again, there twice too, by the way. Someone who's won there previously, I look for him to do very well. Um, especially right now, the guy just seems to have this crazy resurgence. You know, I don't know if he's having a midlife crisis or what, but uh, I think he's something that you can bet on and it's going to pay dividends. Uh, I, I know I mentioned this in a couple episodes before, but I'll never forget a year ago watching him practice in the rain at TPC. Um, oh, geez, Sugarloaf. Um, I was in Atlanta. And I'm just happy, happened to be out there for a, a fitting. And granted, it was raining, and we're trying to get this guy in. And I look over, Stuart Sink's got a full bag of balls. Those clubs are sitting out there in stand bag, no umbrella, no rain cover, just in the elements, absolutely going to a full practice session. I was like, all right, this guy is, uh, he's into it right now. And kudos, it played off, it paid off for sure. Um, I'm going to try to refrain from using kudos moving forward. <laughs> um, but, Anyways, to my <laughs> next pick at 7,200. What's kudos in Spanish? I can't, I can't say that after what just happened. I can't even attempt to say that. All right. With my next pick, <laughs> I take the guy who had a big Sunday this past week at the U.S. Open. He's going to stay over here at the U.S., play another event. He's had a lot of success over in Europe. Guido Migliozzi. I'm not sure on that enunciation, but that's what I went with. Um, 
Love it. Shared fourth place at the U.S. Open, second in the previous two events over on the Euro Tour. He's played some good golf. I mean, I know we're just getting to know him, but I feel like he might might stick around a little bit. So let's go Guido. And that's going to round out my picks for the Travelers Champions. What was his dollar amount, Guido? 72. Wow. Okay. Like it. All right. Jay, you ready? Uh, I got to think yes. a lot of guys are jumping on that train, though, this week. I, really I guess think. so. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I thought I liked my team. Now I'm looking at it. I don't like my team, but we're going to go with I, it. I got, a, I got a bunch of middle grade guys right here, so we'll see. Um, but, you know, we'll roll with it. Um, I'm going to start from the bottom and work my way back up. So at $7,300, I've got Brendan Todd. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Don't ask me why I picked him. He just finished 95th at the U.S. Open. I know that he's a good ball striker, great ball striker. And he's actually a yeah, a really good putter too, but the course is not overly long. I feel like he does well at courses like this, you know. Um, so, and I looked at some uh, some uh, experts online that I normally check on, and they said pick him. So, I didn't go too deep there, but Brendan Todd, it is he's the bottom of the barrel for me. I hope he wins because that would that would really make it a lot easier for the rest of these guys. Um, then. I'm going with Keegan Bradley, obviously native to that area. I know he's uh, he's played well in this tournament in the past, so I'm hoping he is going to do the same. He's had a pretty good year so far this year, so hopefully he can fill it out. Um, then I'm going with Adam Scott. Adam Scott, again, has, has played well here. Uh, this, this is like an Adam Scott kind of course, in my opinion. I feel like he wins these kind of events. Um, just like, oh, yeah, I hit it straight. I'm a great iron iron player, and here I am. I'm in the, close to the lead, um, but nobody really knows me, and I'm not paying – no one's – I'm not saying nobody knows me, but no one's really no one's paying, paying, attention. paying attention to me. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, here I am, close to the lead. Oh, and I you know, shot 67 because I hit 18 greens to 10 feet, and I you know, two-putted three of the par fives. Yeah. Um, then I dropped down to uh, – which – I don't know. I think this guy's priced nicely for what he's done the last few weeks. Um, Harris English, obviously, he had a great week last week. Great week uh, prior at uh, Palmetto. Obviously, had a really bad finish, but was playing. He played 70 really good holes and then finished poorly there in the last couple. Um, and then a couple weeks prior, he played well as well. So I think he's really turning the corner here, and it wouldn't surprise me if he puts together four rounds and, and is right in the mix. Um, he's at 8,200. Uh, then I jump up to another past winner who is super sporadic, but seems to really love playing this golf course, uh, Bubba Watson. I have a hard time picking Bubba. I'm not going to lie. Cause this, you know, the way this thing is set up, you know, you get rewarded for guys making the cut because they just keep, keep accumulating points. I and just he's tough to watch him pull for. Yes. All of the above. Again, I think, you know what, you know, what's funny about this? And I know we're kind of getting a little off topic. Bubba was the Bryce and DeChambeau for the longest time. Like people just, he was such an awkward guy. Like people, like they had a hard time pulling for him. And he's just kind of been in the background, just like not making a big scene, not making any type of ruckus. And people have like just gravitated towards making fun of Bryce and DeChambeau. But they were essentially kind of the same guy. Very quirky different guys super talented obviously um but 
And now here we are like a year or two into Bryson kind of taking over this little role of being the, the quirky guy on tour. And no one really talks about Bubba. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I don't know if he likes it. He wants people he, to talk he's about He's been him. playing better recently. And Cal, he's won three times there, I think. He's won three times there, a couple top fives past that. So again, he's also missed the cut there. So, uh, you know, I don't know what Bubba I'm going to get, but I'm going to take the chance and at 8,900 and see if he can put it together. Um, and then at the top of the list of all people is the Travelers champion championship, you know, stud like Kevin Strillman. He just absolutely loves playing the Travelers championship. I know he's won there at least once. Great pick. Maybe Great pick. I don't know if he's won there twice, but I know he's had a buku of top tens and top fives at the Travelers. He just loves that golf course. So um, he just played well at Torrey. And he did just play well at Torrey. He did top. I think he had a bad final round. Not bad, but he thinks a couple over par on the final round and chopped back in the top 15. But still, great, he's, great showing. He's proven to be one of those guys that's not necessarily a long hitter, but can play well in tough circumstances and on tough golf courses. He really grinder. Yeah, absolutely yeah, Kevin, a grinder. Great, great, uh, great title there. Mike. Kevin's a Kevin's a great guy, good family man. Uh, we roomed together a couple times on the road back in the early 2000s. Um, brought his guitar with him everywhere. You know, was a big Dave Matthews Band fan. So he, oh, uh, yeah, love him. I mean, he would, I mean, he was always entertainment. He would get his guitar out. And we'd all sit around and drink beer. And he would just play the guitar. It was awesome. Um, but I, he's, I'm a big Kevin fan. He's a great guy. He's the same guy. Anytime I, if I played in an event, and what managed to Monday qualify, I would always go up and talk to him and he would always chat. And, you know, he wasn't the guy who was like, Oh, you know, I don't remember you. Uh, he wasn't that way. He was a very genuine guy, but, um, I'm, I always pull for him, but this week I definitely pull for him because he loves this place. So, um, again, $9,400 is a little steep for, for Streamland, Streamland, but, um, you know, hopefully he, he, yeah, that is pretty steep. It is steep for him, but he has been playing well and he does love this place. And DraftKings apparently knows that. So that's why they bumped him up. But we'll see. That's that's everybody. So we'll see how it goes. Cool. All right. My team, um, the more I stare at this, the more I don't like it. And so we're going to go down the bottom first. Off big news. Just had a week off. Big news on social media. Going to be a new father in November. 7,300. Ricky Fowler. I, like I think that. silence. I think that's gonna. I think no. he's gonna play better once the baby comes. But you never know; it could happen early. No, he's definitely gonna play better before he just got a monkey off his back. <laughs> so he he has been playing well the last two events, Memorial PGA, um, and seventy three hundred dollars. I mean, God, that's, yeah. God, that was, I'm uh, so jealous. Can you imagine being able to afford that kind of child care for your newborn? <laughs> I hear you. I bet, I bet he sleeps well the entire first year. Yeah. No stress about it. Yeah, I think he'll he, he'll be fine. They're going to probably have a full-time nanny. And yeah, I think they're all right. Everything. Then I'm going to go up to uh, another guy who didn't play last week, but has had a couple of good finishes recently, including a top 20 at the PGA Championship. Uh, $7,400. Aaron Wise. Um, those are my two reasons. Okay. And then... <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go up input there yeah hey you know we'll go up to actually the first guy i picked as i was scrolling through the list jay has him as well 8200 uh harris english 
been playing well, all the kind of things that, that Jay said. Um, but yeah, he was my first one. I thought he was a no brainer, especially at, at $8,200. I thought that was a steal yeah. to, to get him. Um, and again, again, I get him at $8,200 if it's not a, if it's a pretty deep field, but it's not the deepest field in the world. So he was my first pick off the board. Then I'm going to go up to Charlie Hoffman has had a good year. Didn't have the greatest, uh, made the cut this past week. Didn't have the greatest event. Um, but has been playing well, a bunch of top twenties, uh, leading into the U S open. So we're gonna go Charlie Hoffman there. Then I have I like that pick. I kind of was, you know, I, I, I picked I, him in the earlier this week for the U S open and I, he actually didn't play. Obviously finished really poorly on the weekend, I think, but. He started off okay. Yeah, I was expecting more from him being a California guy yeah. out there and, and has played Tory well in yeah. the past, but we're going to go with him, maybe get a little bounce back here. Uh, I had him on my team as well, and I didn't. He, he didn't end up on my team, but he's definitely a great consideration. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you guys. And then I'm not going to go to my – I'm going to go to my top dollar guy before I drop run down one peg because you guys are going to be flabbergasted with my last pick. But I'm going to take Matt Wolf at 9,300. Mm. I think he might feel a little rejuvenated now, feeling a little better about himself. He can compete. I think this is a great golf course for him to just hammer it all over the place and make a lot of birdies and just hit it 360 yards. So we're going to go Matt Wolf at 9,300. And then at my last pick at 9,200, just missed the cut, but that means he was just able to get back to the East Coast a little earlier, adjusted the time difference, had been playing okay, but of all weeks for him to win, it's going to be when I pick him. Tony Fino. No way. No way. He's not going to win this week. Are you, oh, but hang on a second. Are you picking him to win or are you picking him to be in contention? Because there's two different picks. They're both good. However, I want to know if your intention is that when you look at your squad, he's the guy who wins this week. Is that what your thought is? I hope he comes in second and then I can bash him for not winning again, but he really helps <laughs> out my squad. Fair. How about that? Hey, in a Fair. small field like a, like this, it works. Jay, you don't like my pick at Tony Fina? I, I mean, no. I, I looked at it hard because I do every week and I just he missed the cut twice here and he finished like 50th and 40th the previous years he played in it. So I was like, man, I was like, well, you know what? Fuck you and your stats. I mean, that doesn't mean anything because sometimes you can just turn the corner and go. So well, he missed the let's cut go, the Tony. Open. These these guys don't have any faith in you, Tony. <laughs> I do. You know what? If 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 he wins, that'd be great. That'll just solidify everything that I've said about this guy. And I hope he wins like six more times this year, including the open championship. And I put Once money he on breaks that. through. I think he's yeah. gonna win a bunch in a hurry. <laughs> What's I mean, the, what are the odds on Tony winning a major championship in the next two years? They're not bad. Ask Vegas. Yeah, yeah they are. No, I really don't think they are. If you look at statistically, he's due. What would you give me, McLean, right now? Give you 5,000 to one. 5,000 to one. Well, I got at least a dollar on it. I got, I got, I could put 10 on it. I I'll put 20 on, on that. No, I'm not taking <laughs> it. Right, I'd put a hundred on it. I bet that I, I bet to, for him to win a major. No, I mean, in all honesty, year, probably a probably a couple, probably five hundred to one. I Maybe got, even a little less than that. It's got to be. Is, are you guys going to give me this bet? Because I'll I'll throw a hundred at it. 
No, I, I'm, I'm on, I'm on now. the Tony side. Okay. No, but well, we'll, we'll see. I, I, you know, I'm feeling you big tone. Good. Let's see. Let's it. see what you can do. So that's our picks. That's our show. Um, hopefully you enjoyed it and hopefully we can get Mr. Strange back next week. We've been missing him. And uh, like I said, we'll, we'll try to look at our Instagram account. We'll try to get this up um, somewhat public or I guess we have to make it a private contest because if I make it just completely public, a bunch of randos can just join. We want our listeners to join. So it'll be a private contest that you'll have to have a specific link for. And we're going to make it for 20 players. 20 people can get in first come first serve. If you don't, make it sorry we'll try to get it next time but this way if we get less than 20 guys it will resize and we'll still have a contest and if we get if we get to the point where we get a bunch of responses saying that they couldn't get in and we can get to 50 we just it's either 20 or 50 right mikey um no i think you can do more or a ton more but but yeah but it's the next jump it's either we get 20 or we get 50 or beyond right yes i think so okay we can do that guys everybody come on that's right Let's get um, it. Let's, let's make it fun. So let's let's just start with baby steps and twenty, and actually have a contest, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. I like See it. if I don't fuck this up again. <laughs> so, but again, we appreciate everyone listening and downloading, liking, subscribing, all that fun stuff. Please tell, tell everyone. Somebody. Tell somebody. Tell a few people. Anybody. Anybody. I don't. If they don't even like golf, just tell them. And um, oh. maybe they know someone who likes golf. And we're gonna. You know, we're going to get some sponsors, not just one bottle of wing sauce like Jay got. It's, we got to start somewhere. Old Dad's wing sauce. It's incredible. <laughs> All right, boys. I appreciate it. That was fun. All How right. are you doing, guys? Later. Take care.